When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Film on the Rocks is back, baby. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years. They feature live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. Uh, here to talk a little bit of prospect news for the Abs. Immediately ready to prove us wrong after we said, ah, he'll just stay in Europe. He'll stay in Sweden. Olausen uh, ended up leaving HV71 over the weekend. And is coming to North America. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be playing in the AHL. Uh, He is coming across the pond. The expectation, I think, is he'll probably play in the AHL. But the Barry Colts of the OHL also do have his rights for Major Junior. So there is another option there as far as him coming across and and playing hockey here. But it's hard to imagine him taking that pay cut coming from the SHL. Yeah. I mean, first off, it's totally uh, my fault for being stupid and not looking to see how uh, HV 71 did last year Uh, because their relegation to the Austin's gone. It makes way more sense that he would dip that he would leave that league because having him spend his D plus one in the Allsvens con is nowhere near as intriguing as it is to have him in the SHL. So, uh, had I 
been doing my proper homework on that, uh, I would have said, hey, bring him over. But, I mean, there could have been options of him moving to another SHL team, <clears> too. You never know. But. Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen a number of different arrangements that teams have made for players over the years with, with loan agreements and such. But anyway... Um, Makes a lot more sense today than last week when I was when I wasn't thinking about it. Um, the him him playing for Barry. I mean, he's still getting he's still getting paid um, the bonus money. The well, ninety two. Yeah, the ninety two signing bonus. Sure, but yeah, he gets that ninety two k no matter what. So that's all. That's all good and well. Oh, yeah, awesome. We got Breck Brew in Indiana. Um, I've never tried their Oktoberfest, actually. I guess September's less than a month away, so I'll have to get my hands on that. Uh, it's about that time of year again, which is crazy to think about, but awesome. Uh, it happened fast this year. It, Dude, it did. It's already August. It's crazy. I mean, we blinked, and the NHL regular season from January into April was over. Yeah, though, that, uh, I mean, that kind of felt like it, though. This year's season was, felt like a sprint. Yeah, I mean, we felt it. Uh, yeah. We, but by the end of it, we were over it. It was like the last, like, two, three weeks. We were like, oh, my God. Just get to the playoffs. <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, Olausen, Olausen, I should say, <clears throat> is coming Presumably to play in the AHL. Um, yeah. It, it would be a, not unheard of, but a bit of a weird development path to go from the SHL over to juniors. We've seen kids do it, but it's usually, as AJ said, kids coming from the Allsvenskan or maybe the third tier Swedish league that end up going to junior. Well, and a lot of times, uh, if the, the, the guys that are coming across in the import draft are guys going into draft years right not or it's or it's mid-round picks going into their d plus one years in the ohl well and you see you'll see it with certain organizations too right ones that are known like london to just churn out nhlers will often yeah. get guys to commit that normally would yeah the richer the richer uh chl clubs have a much better chance you know the halifaxes of the world yeah the londons of the world have a much better chance than I, I don't know. Guelph or I had, something. Like, yeah. like Hackney Bathurst or something. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah. So point being, um, you know, Barry, I, I I wouldn't know where to tier Barry, uh, the Barry Colts in, in that conversation of like wealthy OHL teams that would be able to easily make it a comfortable transition for him. I would say that the abs in the OHL are really not. They've never been super closely tied. Not especially. I mean, we've now been through multiple amateur scouting directors, and their results from the OHL have not been prominent. Like it's like it's like Landeskog. I mean, who was their last OHL pick? Was it? Oh, I guess it was Foodie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they dabble in it consistently I mean, they'll get like a guy or two well, every I mean, once that's in a while the thing. But... they dabble in it and you know through the mid-2000s that was like the most drafted from league in the world 
Yeah, but it's... And they, they kind of take a dude or two from that league. <laughs> yeah. They're usually pretty diverse. Yeah, and the abs, like, if you look where the abs' focus has been, it's, it's like the one area that they have consistently mined is college hockey. Yep. And then it's kind of shifted to the WHL, but point being that the OHL is not really their bread and butter. It is not. Yes. Uh, so it would not surprise me if they were more comfortable. And this is this is the third time that they've taken a European kid in the last six years. Yep. Uh, and brought him to North America right away. The other two got dropped into the AHL immediately um, between Hydro, between uh, Miko Rantanen and Martin Cowell. Yeah, one of those has obviously worked out incredibly well. Yeah, like Miko Rantanen was co-AHL Rookie of the Year and has gone on to be, I don't know, has gone on to be like one of the best players from one of the best draft classes we've seen in recent NHL history. Yep. And so jury's still out on a little bit. Yeah, but. and like Martin Kelt was a, he was a high, high ceiling, low floor, mid first round prospect. In a in a first round that was kind of meh in that middle area. It, interestingly similar to our thoughts on Oscar Olison there or Olausen yeah. there. <laughs> it's funny because they picked sixteenth in consecutive years and the draft classes couldn't have been more different. Yeah, wildly different. <laughs> like fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen ended up being Caulfield, New Hook, and Krebs. Yep. In one year. And it was like, oh, that's well, then, That's a little bit different. It's kind of funny because you go back a couple more years and then they pick 10th twice in a row with Ranton and Jost as well. Yeah. So, also, yeah. Two very different classes. It's a, it's a very... That, that group is a, a very different uh, kind of feel than Grigory Denisenko, Martin Kaut, and Ty Smith. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, a bit yeah. of a talent disparity there. Yeah. Anyway, Alausen, you know, he's look. You and I aren't like over the moon about the pick, but it doesn't really matter how we feel. Yeah. It's uh, him coming to North America. I I don't have any thoughts on him going to the OHL. I if he goes to the OHL, I hope he plays in the top six. I hope he plays on their top power play unit. And you hope he just destroys the league, right? And I hope he scores a shitload of goals. Yeah. Like, and just does what he does. I, that's it. That's the extent of my thoughts on him in the OHL. I don't have an opinion on if it's good or bad for his development path. Um, I am a big, I, I am a big believer in history tells us what's right and wrong about these things. Um, you can lean on history to kind of guide you in the uncertainty when you're talking about some of this. Of course, every every kid is different. Every situation is different. But uh, I, I think this is a comfortable route for the Avalanche, and that's why they decided to go with it. Yep. Makes sense to me uh, in a lot of ways, especially if they see... Olausen transitioning into an NHL NHL role in two years. I, that's the magic number, I think, for me. 
you get those guys over earlier because you want them to transition a little bit faster. Because you see, you leave if you leave a guy in Europe for a year, then they have to come over the next year and adjust to North America, and then you really get to see what they are in North America in the year after that. It's kind of the feeling, unless you're a ridiculous talent like Miko, well, and, and you just tear up everything. But unless unless you're straight up ready, yeah. And like those guys, those guys are really, really, really obvious. Yep. It doesn't. It's not hard to pick out the guy that it's like, oh, he could play in the NHL today. Which is not what Olausen is, so. Yeah, he's not going to do that. Like, Miko was a guy that probably could have played his rookie year if they'd really wanted him to. Uh, because, center. because physically he was he was there. Yeah. He was just, he was just a big kid who was, who was uh, advanced enough to handle the physicality of the league. And I, that's, Olausen's not there, um. One of the things that I've said uh, that I am excited about in his future is watching him fill out a little bit. Yep. Uh, if he embraces, uh, if he embraces his his size a little bit more, and and plays with a little more intent on a regular basis, once he starts to get that man strength, I think he's going to be a really effective player. If that dude can get up around two hundred pounds. Yeah, oh yeah, and he plays with a little bit of yeah. uh, a little bit of anger, a little sandpaper in him. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be an effective player. Yep, definitely. Um, so yeah, listen to your boy Rusko in the chat. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video. Uh, helps us out a ton here on YouTube. Much appreciated, chat. So uh, basically, we're AJ and I are assuming that Olausen is coming over to play in the AHL unless we hear otherwise. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. This is not a dude that you dropped to the ECHL. No shot. No oh. shot. That dude. I'm not, not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to say no shot just because we've seen this organization. They don't. I've never, we've never seen them do it with the first rounder. So it's yeah, it's true. It's, it's been like Nick Henry. Yeah, and I guess Nick Malosh is probably their highest pick that they've yeah, done that and too. He was a third. He so. was a second. Was he a second? Yeah, he was fortieth overall, man. Oh, that's right. And then yeah, he and, he and Greer Dan they went thirty nine forty. Yeah, yeah, but Dan was the third. That's right. Um, yeah, that's true. You did see yeah. Malosh. But... He does need to get some American hamburgers in him. <laughs> we were Z and I had a nice. Uh, we went out to the beach yesterday. We went to multiple beaches yesterday. And driving back, we were we were like, "What do we want to do for dinner?" And we were both like, "Look, we don't want to cook. Let's just pick up something." And I was like, insistent. I was like, "No hamburgers. <laughs> I don't want a goddamn burger." Because all fast food is up here is like burgers. It's like McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's, and it's just like a oh a and w is big here, which is weird because. You don't ever see that in the States. Oh, that is weird. All the ones in the States are, like, combined with a KFC or something. But, anyway. <laughs> uh, what what did you end up getting? Did you end up getting burgers anyway? I went with Taco Bell. All right. Well, that's not a burger. Yeah. I, ins- I was insistent on not getting a burger. She got, <laughs> she got McDonald's. So. All right. Well, if you're in the States, what you can also get that 
I don't know. It might be coming to Canada soon, but Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can get it down at the DNBR bar, eight different kinds on tap. Or if you're in the States, at least, check out your local liquor store. Someone early in the chat saying you can get it in Indiana. I think you can get it at least in the entire lower 48. Not sure about Hawaii and Alaska. Sorry if you're if you're from there. But everywhere else, it should be available. And also check out their good company seltzers as well. They're absolutely delicious. They taste basically like candy. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. They don't taste like alcohol at all. And yet, they are alcoholic. So give them a look. Uh, have a try at them. Of course, the best place to drink them is at the bar, though. So just... Come on down to the DNBR bar is what I'm saying. And then hit up Green Mountain Dental Group. You know you have to keep your teeth clean. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them. Plus, they're just a great dentist. They'll take care of your teeth. They'll make sure you're taken care of as well. They give you reminders about your appointments. And just make sure anything you need is all good to go. I've had dozens of people switch, and they all say they absolutely love it. So be sure to check them out. And then, if you save a little bit of money going to Green Mountain Dental Group, maybe sign up for a DNVR annual membership because uh, we got you covered with great stuff going on right now. I believe the Broncos Camp 2021 offer is still going on if you use that code CAMP2021. When you get an annual membership, you also get a $60 gift card to the DNVR locker. To be clear, an annual membership costs $59.80, so you're getting your money's worth just out of the gift card of the membership. And then the membership's just thrown in there for a year as well, because why not? So you can get all of our content, access to all of our stuff, like the lounge, bigger beers at the bar, a bunch of other awesome stuff as well. So be sure to check us out and uh, yeah, support us, do cool stuff. Come hang with the DNBR gang because uh, it's dope. All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ coming at you. <laughs> Canadian, you people and your Tim Hortons. <laughs> you guys you guys kill me. I get all this feedback all the time. Tim's is trash. Everybody hates Tim's. Nobody likes Tim Hortons. Every time I drive by a Tim Hortons, that drive-through is around the building. <laughs> Several of the locations here have two drive-through lanes. You guys are crazy. I feel like that's about as true as places here, though. Because plenty of people here are like, oh, the, the fast food here is terrible, but their pa- fast food places are always packed. Like, Yeah, it's just so funny to me because it's like Canadians. Tim Hortons is trash. Also Canadians. By the way, Tim Hortons is completely packed. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> all right. Well. I can't speak to Tim Hortons. I've never actually had it, so it's it is totally inoffensive, dude. Par for the course, yeah. It's totally inoffensive. I've gone there multiple times now. I've tried different things, different times of day, different meals. It's it's fine. It's 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 like almost any kind of fast food place that you're gonna go to, man. But if you want something specific and they have it, you'll be happy. If you're there and you're looking for like a quality me- quality meal. Why are you find there? it? Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's totally inoffensive. It serves its purpose, and for some people, it's great. Other people don't like it. It's so funny to me, though, that like you get the oh, this is don't believe the hype. It's trash. And it's like okay, <laughs> cool. It's all the same to me. 
Yeah, exactly. Dude, exactly. It's like, okay. I, I, I don't feel any way about this at all. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, again, we're assuming Olafson goes to the AHL. So I did want to get into the Avalanche's forward prospect depth. Because it's pretty deep when we're talking about uh, the AHL, at least. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about guys that we have uh, a possible, like, reasonable expectation that this player could become a long-term NHL player. Yep. You know, there are there are some guys uh, on that roster. The majority of their forward core this year is going to be in-house players Prospects. and that's and even then like are we even we're assuming new hook is graduating to the nhl essentially so yeah there's, there's that cherry on top of it as well yeah but i mean when you get into you know and some of this is going to be determined during training camp we'll right. see how it goes spots will be up for grabs and what is what will be yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see kind of how it all shakes out um, but it's, it's, you know, some combination of Shane Bowers, Sampo Ranta, now Oscar Olausen, Alex Bocage, uh, potentially Jean-Luc Foodie because of the exemption, uh, Martin Kaut, Nick Henry. Those guys are all going to be in contention for AHL roster spots. That's seven guys. Yeah, and then, okay, so let's take Henry. He is going to be either a depth guy or in the ECHL. He is, it, we, it's very hard to see a path to the NHL for him at this point. We'll move, we'll move Nick Henry to the uh, – we'll move him to the just the bottom six for right now, just sure. for an obvious conversation here. Yep. We don't expect that there's a real path forward there. Um, coming into pro hockey, I mean, Ranta, Olausen, Bocage. I, I I can't really say foodie because he was there all of last year. Sure, even even with the severely but compromised version of the AHL, still a teenager as well. Yeah, those are all guys that we have hopes for of seeing them be NHL, like, real NHL players. Down the line. Right. But question marks about, are they, I, I don't, like, I think, I think Sample Ranta showed, look, we saw him in the NHL. Not right. It, yeah. it wasn't there. Now, an entire summer of training and blah, 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 training camp, he actually, the little, the, the whirlwind, the whirlwind that he was in, um, kind of calms down a little bit. Maybe he has, maybe he just pops off in camp and he forces his way onto the roster, whatever. They obviously really like him. Yep. With that, with the size in the North South game that he plays, it's not exactly rocket science to figure out why here. <laughs> but, you know, we said the same thing about Martin Kaut. We Shane Bowers. I mean, Shane Bowers, part of the appeal of Shane Bowers as a prospect was sure. He doesn't have the highest upside, but he should move quickly He's really smart. He's going to do all the depth guy things well. And he just hasn't dominated the AHL to the point where the organization wants. This is where I'm going to go absolutely on the record and say, what the fuck is the organization looking for here? 
because the way that they've gone, and this is a Shane Bauer specific thing. I there there's a different conversation to be had about Martin Kaut, where there have been some there have been some ups and downs in the NHL. Opportun what you view as a legitimate opportunity is a moving target for every person, but with Shane Bauer specifically, just want to focus on the Bowers thing. With Bowers, it's frustrating because, oh, they want to see him. And I've talked to people in the organization at different times about what they're looking for. They want to see, one, they want to see him still continue to fill out physically a little bit. It's been a little bit of a disappointment for them that physically he's been as slow to come along as he has. That's not a major thing at this point, but it is a thing. It is still part of the conversation for him. <clears throat> the big thing is, is that he hasn't dominated the, the league the way that they were hoping he would. And for me, I'm looking at them, and I and I repeat, what the fuck? Because Shane Bowers is not a guy that's ever going to yeah. dominate. Like, if you drop him in the ECHL, sure, he'll tear that league up. But, I mean, Shane, Shane Bowers is a guy that is going to be a role player for you. If you drop Pierre-Edouard Belmar in the AHL, you think that guy's going to tear up the AHL? No! Of that's, course not. That's not who he is. The question... I ask there is where is the disconnect was the disconnect on when the Avs had their scouts look at him and ultimately decided to pull the trigger on the trade. Did they think he was going to be a dominant player or did they scout him as someone who could be somewhat of a, an NHL depth option for them and their expectations are just off the mark here? No, when, when they got him, they liked him. They liked him in the draft. Um, The, because you remember, he got drafted and traded to them right away. Yep. <clears throat> like, he was part of the Ottawa development system for, like, six seconds. Yep. It's <clears throat> it's a frustration because they understood, like, this was a guy that they were likely going to get that was going to be a depth guy for them. Um, but he kind of fit their mold. He's a very good skater. He's got good size. And he's a very, very smart hockey player. Yeah. What's the problem here? He's still all of those things. Yep, yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand what they want to see out of him in, in and like look statistically. You're not looking at him as like a a stats monster. Uh, he, well, There's, right again, I mean, this, you're not expecting I, him to be that guy, right? You're expecting him to be a bottom six center. Josh Josh Norris wasn't even in Ottawa's organization when they made that trade. He came over from San Jose in the Eric Carlson deal. So they couldn't have gotten Josh Norris in that deal. Otherwise, yes, I also would be lamenting that. Because <laughs> I love Josh Norris. Josh Norris is really fun to watch. Anyway, point being, um, with, I mean, with Bowers, it's... With Bowers, it's like, look, he's not he's not putting up big time numbers. This is that's that should be okay though. It's not like they're bad numbers. It's just it's it's just a converse. It's just a conversation of what's the disc like you said. What's the disconnect? Yeah, but it's it's well, and, what level of dominance are they expecting from him in the HL? Is it the Josh Norris point per game pace? Because if that's what they're looking for, then they are not going to get it, ever. Right. And we've always said that. And Even if they put him in the top-line center job, 
next to the best AHL players that they can give him. That won't happen. That's not who he is. Well, and, and we've seen the Avs have struggled to internally produce role players. And this is for a myriad of reasons that we don't have to go into. But you, you look back over the past couple of years, couldn't do it with A.J. Greer are struggling to do it right now with Martin Kaut and are struggling even more so to do it with Shane Bowers. And they end up going out and getting guys like Pierre-Edward Belmar, like Darren Helm. And those guys do the role fine. You have no problem with those dudes being in the NHL, but they're struggling to get role players out of their own internal guys. Now, they do have Logan O'Connor, who does seem to be look to make that jump to essentially a full-time NHLer this year. The one, the one thing, the one thing that always makes O'Connor different is that he was signed. Right, he was not a drafted prospect. He was technically a college free agent at the time. Yeah, he was. He was already. He's what twenty four now already. Yeah, significantly, he turns twenty five next week. Yeah. So, for comparison, Bowers is twenty two right now. Um, so he's essentially almost three years older than Shane Bowers. Yeah. So they were, they, I mean, he was 20. Um, O'Connor. My point is that O'Connor was 22 when he signed. Yep. I don't know why my brain was having such a hard time connecting those very obvious dots that I was trying to get to. He, he was older the minute he joined the organization. Yeah. Yeah. He was like LOC had a slow path. Uh, he went through multiple years in the USHL, multiple years at DU. Now, look, this is a guy that produced 21 points in 41 games at DU. And then doubled that production in his first year yeah. in the AHL. His, his AHL, he was a completely different player than basically his entire time in college. <laughs> like, it was a totally different. And then 25 points in 40 games the uh, as he was as like his sophomore year in the AHL where you're just like, okay, this dude has figured it out. Yep. He understands who he is. He understands how it's going to happen. Yep. And the the thing that you see differently from LOC that you don't see from Bowers and you definitely don't see from Cout, which is part of the conversation, is that LOC is who he is every game. Sure. Now that effectiveness wanes, as it does with almost every other player. Not every guy is going to be as good as he is on his best his best nights. But he's consistent but nonetheless. There's a comfort level with Logan O'Connor now that he's going to he's going to bring a certain a certain level and just very comfortable like shift to shift night to night he's going to compete he may not always be as good as as is on his best nights but he's going to compete and i think that's where they've had a, we've seen a bit of a disconnect with powers and we've definitely seen that problem with count Yep. And there are people, there are people, oh, well, he only played four minutes. Well, he only played six minutes. Well, these guys are getting more opportunity. And look, we have spent a lot of time talking about that on this show. Yeah, we. But there's also that, it's it's a real conversation. Look, how you personally feel about Martin Kaut and opportunity is up to you. Yep. But for me, he had to show more last year. That nine-game trial, they protected his ELC for a reason. He was part of it. They were excited about him. It was an it was an important it was important to keep him under a million dollars for that 
for that third year. And then last year was a step back. It just was. I mean, now, his AHL game was a step forward, but his NHL game wasn't. I think it was a step back for him. I think this is a reality, as you mentioned. We've talked about it a lot. If it were you and I, we'd probably give him more opportunity. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what we would do. Right. <laughs> we don't run the avalanche. Like, <laughs> and the reality is, like, he was one of the very first call-ups. Yep. At the early on in the season, when they had an, when they had issues, he was one of the first guys that they gave a look to. And it was like his second shift of the season. He takes a stupid penalty in the offensive zone. And this is a conversation I want to expand on because we got a question here in the chat that talked about how many people would be ahead of Bowers on the call-up list. And ultimately, AJ, as you mentioned, a lot of it is going to come down to what training camp looks like this year. Yeah. They have a bunch of dudes that are going to be competing for spots. Maltsev's probably in that conversation. Obviously, Bowers, right. Kout, maybe Ranta. You go. You can go on the list. Sherwood is there. Logan O'Connor is there. You can even talk about Jason Megna, Andreas Wingerly. There's a right. ton of dudes competing. Dylan Sakura. Yeah. The, like, you know. We're talking about – we've been focusing this show so far on prospects because we're talking about the forward depth in general, kind of how Oscar Olauson's going to fit into it. Yep. But uh, the reason that we're getting into the Bowers and the Cal conversation is because this is a concern – because Olausen is getting himself right into that exact position yep. that these guys were in when they rolled into the organization. Only the organization is deeper now than right. it was then. There's there's that fear that a kid like that could get lost in the shuffle, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, these it's on these guys to separate. Yep. You know, like we we not like there's been no hype in the last year around Alex Bocage. Yep. And he's the best shooting forward prospect that the abs have had in the last 10 the years entire organization yeah <laughs> i mean he's he's an unbelievable shooter yep so you know like that's a guy he had 14 goals in 14 games last year and essentially had back-to-back 40 goal seasons in in the queue like this is a guy that should be coming in with a little bit more hype but because of the numbers game it's just just not there It's, so, uh, it's, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's tough for, this is, this is a, a very make or break for Bowers and Cal. That It's, it's kind of the last year for those two to really prove it, right? I mean, we're like end of the line, end of the line. Yeah. It, if it doesn't happen for those two this year, realistically you're looking at you're going to end up with another AJ Greer trade of for yeah. like a, a, another AHL dude that needs a change of scenery. I mean you're going to end up I mean AJ Greer, Nick Malosh, yeah, JC Bowden. The list goes uh, on and on and on, yeah. You know, before that, do you remember Cameron Gaunt's back in the day? Yeah. I mean, even obviously it worked out for the Yab side of the trade, but even the Bigra trade was pretty much the same thing at the time. Yeah. Bigra absolutely was the same thing. Um, I mean, Josh, Josh Anderson had his contract terminated. Yep. You know, like it's... Uh, God. This is such a depressing list going so far back. It's, it's just not a development system that has produced much outside of the first round. And even like 
you know, I would say I would say the Avs should get full marks for what Connor Timmins became. Oh, totally. Because he was a legit NHL player. He was a second round pick. He's going to be in the NHL for a long time now. Uh, that was like their success story, and they they tried they tried to got rid of him. Yeah, yeah, they moved him. Um, but it's you know with with Olauson, we bring all this up just to say where does he fit in the AHL? Because you know that Jason Magna is going to have a, a job. You know that they didn't bring they didn't bring in Dylan Sakura and Stefan Bateau. To play to, bottom six AHL to play <laughs> bottom six AHL minutes. Now Andreas Wingerly, that's gonna that I genuinely I just don't know where that guy's gonna fit in. That is another training camp. We'll see how he does. We'll yep. see if he looks legit. We'll see what's up here. Um, because he is he's a fun, uh, a, a, like stylistically, it's really easy to dream on him. Oh, he's super fast. Yep. He's going to play on the penalty kill. Okay, great. It's not hard to picture, like, oh, a, a, they replaced, you know, Calvert and Comfer on the fourth line with O'Connor and Wingerly. Sure. You know, and whatever, like, whatever it ultimately yeah, ends right. up becoming. Matter, there's, matter, yeah. there's, there are multiple combinations of guys that we could go through. The big question for me with Olauson is, how does he slot in? Where, what is his job? What is he gonna? What is he gonna do if he's in the AHL? Because right now, just based on this numbers game, it sure looks like he's playing bottom six. At, at best, middle six, right? Like, it's hard to see him above the third line, barring some weird things happening. Which weird things happen all the time, so you never know. But yeah. I just, it's like foodie. I expect in the bottom six as like three yeah. C. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Magna, you know, Magna and Sakura and Mato, if they're on the Eagles, I expect them in the top six somewhere. Same thing with Sherwood. If one of those players is swapped. Yeah. Right. And then you expect Bowers and Cout in the top six. You yep. expect Ranta in the top six. If for some stupid fucking reason Alex Newhook is in Loveland, you expect him in the top. He will be in the top six. Newhook will be the one C, most likely, if he's in Loveland. But... <laughs> or at least the first liner if he's on the wing. But Yeah, Tyson Berry is the Avs' best development story. No, Tyson Berry is a third-round pick. Yeah. It only feels that way because the Avs haven't gotten... I mean... Because the ads haven't gotten non first rounders into the age into the NHL. David Jones was a ninth rounder. Yeah, Bata was a ninth rounder too. Yeah, like there are some legit deep like <laughs> deep pulls that they ended up with who ended up being all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, you have to go a ways back in the organization, sure, but. Yeah, but I mean, like, in the same draft class, Brad Richardson in the fifth round and David Jones in the ninth round? Yep. Merrick Svatos was a seventh rounder? High note was a seventh. Cody McCormick was a sixth. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah. Like, like from way back, obviously, we're, we're like, way back in the day. Like, Sammy Paulson was also a seventh rounder. I mean, right. I guess... Tyson Berry is the is the modern one, right? Yeah, and we're talking a guy that was drafted in two thousand nine. Which I mean, 
you could have an argument there even of although O'Reilly was in the second probably ended up a significantly better pick than Tyson Berry as far as NHL impact. Not that Tyson Berry was bad, but I mean, that should have been the we've always talked about. That's the draft class that should have changed the franchise. Right. That, Matt Duchesne, Ryan O'Reilly, and Tyson Berry? What? Yep. And and people forget that Stephen Elliott was in that class, too. But Yeah, and Stephen Elliott was, like, this close to being a really good offensive defenseman in the NHL. Yep. Oh, well. All right. Well. <sighs> anyway. Not the point. Don't be like a bad NHL organization and treat your prospects like pieces of meat, okay? Instead, go get actual pieces of meat with Hassle Cattle Company. They're absolutely delicious. Use the DNVR10 promo code to get 10% off. Their blue-collar Wagyu is ridiculously good, and it's for everybody. It's affordable. You can get it. If you want to try it, we have the Wagyu burgers down at the DNVR bar, and literally everyone loves them, so... Go out there, go try it. When you love it, you can head to HassleCattleCompany.com to order and get yourself a bunch of delicious meat. Check them out, and you get free shipping if it's over $200 on your order. And then hit up Strava Craft Coffee as well, where you can get 25% off your first order online when you use code DNVR25. You can also get that cold brew down at the bar, too. So, look, the DNVR bar is basically just try before you buy for all of our products, all right? So come to the bar. Try our products, and then when you like them, go buy them and use our codes because, you know, supporting our partners is supporting us. Strava is awesome. When you really like them, their subscription service, you can get 20% off essentially for life. So that's great. Highly recommend. Check them out. They've been one of our longest partners. So, excuse me. So do that and then head on over to Solace Meds. Go with your CBD. Sometimes you need some THC. Solace, you can get 20% off when you check out online with code DNVR20. And you can set up for pickup. So all you have to do is drive to the store, walk in, get what you need, walk out super fast and easy. If you do want to shop in store as well, though, they have a bunch of various product offers ranging from 10 to 25% off. So you can get a bunch of great deals at Solace. Go on down there. Their people are super knowledgeable. They'll tell you anything you need to know when it comes to your cannabis products. So whatever you need, whatever you want, whether you're super experienced or brand new to the process, they have you covered. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Bruto and AJ coming at you, talking Avalanche prospects a little bit here. So uh, the reality is... There are a lot of bodies in this organization on the forward side. Yeah, it's a lot of – there's a lot for them to figure out. Yep. And that I think that's why we've already started doing this, and you're going to continue seeing us do this, especially as it gets closer, is that this training camp is very important for a lot of prospects and players. Not, not even just prospects. People like Wingerly, this training camp could mean – the difference between him finding an NHL job and never hacking it. Yeah, I mean, there are some guys who, who have come over and they've looked good in training camp and they get NHL looks based on that. Yep. And there are some guys who have come over from European leagues and they it's obvious early on that the speed of the game and all, it's just too much for them. Yep. And they they don't have it. You, you know, do a deep, deep cut here was uh, the guy who used to do push-ups on the ice as his goal celebration. 
uh, Per Ladin. Oh, came came over from Sweden, and it was obvious early on that he didn't. He just didn't have it. He ended up playing. Uh, I, th- I think he had injury issues, but he also ended up playing just a handful of game with the monsters, and that was it. And just back to Sweden. That's the most likely route here with a guy like Wingerly, but you just never know. It's a very important training camp for all these guys for that reason. Yep, no doubt about it. So that's uh, you're getting me all excited about it too now it's still like six weeks away but training well i mean you you look at it you start to you start to roster bait it out a little bit okay let's just for the sake of the argument let's put new hook uh on the inside spot on that second line yep and let's put comfer in donskoy's old spot on the third line next yep. to jostin nichushkin and then you have a fourth line of Let's start with uh, let's start with Helm, Maltsev, and uh, O'Connor. Sure. Okay. Then you're in training camp. You're going to have lines five and six. What are those going to look like? You know, Sherwood on the right side, Mateau on the left side, Bowers in the middle. You know, you you could have. You could have Foodie in the middle. You could have the Wingerly has played all three forward spots. Dylan Sakura has played all three forward spots. Um, so one of those guys could be, you know, it could you could have like a sixth line of, you know, Wingerly and Sakura and Megna. Yep. Not going to be particularly fun from a prospect perspective, but would not be surprised to see them stack some of the the older guys together like that. And then you have like you know you roll into you know a, a sample Ranta Jean Luc Foodie Martin Cout kind of line. Yep. And from a prospect perspective, that's a ton of fun. And and but, then you're still even beyond that. You're talking about Bocage and Bowers and why had Bowers uh, Bocage then? Uh, but but where's where's Bocage and Olauson fitting? Into right. That? Right. In the camp, it's it's going to be a lot to watch because there's so many guys that you have to look at, and and realistically, Olausen is not <clears throat> likely competing for an NHL job this year. Right. We're not looking. We're not even having that conversation. We're not talking about this as a guy that's looking to sneak into the NHL right away. This is just we want to see what his role ends up being. What's the plan for him yep. in the AHL and because. You don't want to use a first-round pick and then bring the guy over and then be like, all right, well, you know, we, we ended up with too many guys. You know, what, uh, fuck me, right? What can we say? <laughs> ah, our bad, right? Ah, bad planning on our part. And then he ends up on your third or fourth line just getting scraps the entire year. He's you playing. want to put him in a position where he's probably in the bottom six, but you want to put him. you want to put him in a position where – He's going to get minutes that he can at least in, in a role where he can at least right. build from it. You, you want to see him build. You, I mean, I think it's a couple things. Especially is one when he's playing well, you have fluid lines in the AHL. You give him opportunities when he's hot. Two, you get him PK time. Mm. You get him power play time. You get him those type of things. Is what you want to see out of it. You don't want to see him stuck on a third or fourth line playing twelve minutes a night. And that's it. He just yeah. punches in, punches out. You're not gaining a ton from that yeah. relative to more opportunity. I mean, at that point, you should have just left him in Sweden. Sweden. Right, exactly. So, 
So that's well, and that's where if they look at it and they say, okay, he's going to end up buried, not trying to make a pun here, uh, in the AHL, then you just send just him, send to, him bury. to bury. Yeah, definitely true. So I think I think training camp, see what he looks like, man. Because if he if he looks like he can help the AHL team, and it looks like, and more importantly, more importantly, if it looks like they he can play at that pace. And he could fit into pro hockey. Fine. I'm of the opinion that they should slow this roll a little bit. They've been really quick to get these guys to pro hockey the last few years, and some of that is okay. But now that they're as deep as they are, and that they have legitimate like, where does this guy fit into the lineup? Questions. Mm-hmm. There have and been thoughts for people, right? There's yeah. also the consideration that you think of, like, it's important that the Colorado Eagles compete. It's important that they are a legitimate playoff contender, that they're going to make the postseason, that they're going to have a chance. They have to, they have to fill that arena. They have to be competitive on a nightly basis. They can't bottom out like the Lake Erie Monsters did for a number of years where they were just god-awful. Yep. It is really important part of the equation that the Eagles be good. Well, yeah. And we don't have to get too much into this conversation either, as I'm sure you don't really want to. But there is very, very little room for AHL deal guys on the Eagles roster now. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even we haven't mentioned it, but... Yeah, Mutal is down there. Where's, where's Sasha Mutala and Luca Berzan going to fit those, in? Those, those dudes are on the Utah Grizzlies, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But, and I tell you what, Sasha Mutala has the kind of year that we think that he could, and if he fills out a little bit more. Yeah, some team's going to come calling. We'll see. Could be interesting. He could also have a year like Brandon Sajan had, and then no one ever thinks about him again. So, <clears throat> Yep. Have to wait and see on that one, but yep, it it is going to be interesting how they manage that because yeah, I mean it's a lot of young guys that they're going to have here, and like you're banking on all of these young guys making solid transitions, yep. but like you also need to give the opportunity to the ones that are being successful, right? It's you are going to struggle if you see the organization continue to do the things that they've done with Nick Malosh, with J.C. Bodan. Mm-hmm. Mid-round picks that kind of end I up picks. wasting away. In... Top 100 selections yeah. that don't do much. Yep. And and look, yes, some of that is going to be on the players. Some players are not going to be able to hack it. I get that. Yeah, like, but... Failure development is never 100% on anybody. Whether it be player or assistant or general manager, yeah. development staff, or whatever, it's it's a group failure to yep. get NHL players out of these kids. Yep. But you see, you see players like Malosh and Bodan. Sure, they it ended up being for weaker teams, but threatening if not in NHL games. Uh. And you're looking back at the Avs development of them, and you're like, they put those dudes in the ECHL. Yeah. It's kind of hard to 
to equate those two things together and, and see there wasn't some bump in the road somewhere there. But yeah. In any case, my point being, yeah. with so many forwards, it's going to get harder to keep dudes in the lineup. Yeah, and it's going to be harder to have clear path here. I mean, right now, uh, we're not even talking about Oscar Ola. We're talking, what's Sampo Ranta going to do? I mean, this is a guy that tore up, that, that was second in, in all of the NCAA last year in goals. Yep. And what does he do? You know, he played two playoff games for the Avs. Looked lost. Pretty bad. But he also yeah. had good numbers in the AHL. So, Right. I transitioned immediately to the AHL, was very comfortable, was half a point per game player. But you also want to look, you don't, that's also not a guy that you want to put from a prospect perspective, having him on the left side of Jean-Luc Foudy and Martin Kaut on the right side is a lot of fun. Yep. But if that's the Eagles third line, it's less that's fun. not, that's yeah. not great for any of those dudes. Right. Foodie did the three C job last year in the AHL. You'd like to sometimes four C you'd like to see him start to, to maybe push up that lineup a little bit. So I think that's the, you know, and we'll see. And we'll see. I just, it, my concern is that Oscar Olauson is coming over to the AHL and he's going to end up on the fourth line playing 11 minutes. And this goes the way of Igor who went back to Russia because he was like, this is stupid. I'm getting zero opportunity here. Goodbye. Yeah. Threw away a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And said no, thank you, because he wanted to go and he wanted to go back to Russia and at least just Where just to play, get to play a decent amount of hockey. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, one is that it's about the depth of the prospects and them getting enough opportunity and development. And then two, realistically, for all the names we lifted off, listed off, there's one, maybe two spots that they're all competing for, as far as guys pushing for an NHL job. Yeah, again, Ranta, Bowers, Kaut, probably Wingerly. Guys like Logan O'Connor are very likely to be in there. Uh, the thing is, is that there are jobs that will be available next season. Right. It's Not this playing. upcoming season, but the season after that, yeah. you keep in mind, uh, Sherwood, Mateau, all, most of the AHL guys, one-year deals. Yep. Right? Uh, Darren Helm is a one-year deal. Val Nachushkin is very likely to price himself out of Colorado. Andre Borakovsky and Nazem Kadri are UFAs. Yep. Those those might be top six jobs if they, you know, those, in theory, it's not like they're just going to let all these guys go and only replace them internally. They will probably spend some of that money. Some will resign, but especially in a flat cap world, these cheap graduating prospects become even more important for their contracts. Yep. And replacing... Replacing a $4.5 million Nazem Kadri with a $900,000 Alex Newhook yep. gives them the money to go and do something else. Right. So, but the, the thing is they have to, they have to get there. They have to get these guys across the finish line. And with Olausen, that process just restarted. And the concern is we're sitting here looking at Martin Kaut having the same conversation about Oscar Olauson that we did Martin Cow three years ago. Yep. You, it's easy to see how they could repeat the same path, and that would not be ideal. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. 
All right. Any final thoughts, AJ, on the Avs uh, prospects on the forward side here? Um, this isn't going to be our last prospect show. Certainly uh, not. Yeah. We're definitely going to dive into some of these cats and get more specific. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do, I think this week we'll probably start doing some organizational depth chart looks. Type things. Yeah. We'll start looking at the position breakdowns of the, of the organization. Maybe top to bottom. A, sneak a pyramid in there somewhere. Yeah. And then I think at the end of the week, we'll probably do um, our prospect rankings and prospect pyramid stuff. Yep. And then next week um, is shaping up to be, a week unlike any that you guys have had to put up with from us. <laughs> it's the, the, next week is the middle of August, so cut us a little slack. <laughs> next week next week is birthday week for me. Um, so we are kind of working on a plan where the shows won't be live. But you'll still we'll have, have shows. We'll yeah. have podcasts, but they will be not live. Pre-recorded, you know. most likely, yeah. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, yeah, just giving you guys a head uh, a heads up here of, of what's going on. Uh, what's coming up um, over the next uh, yeah. two weeks, basically. There you go. So like and subscribe. You can still catch what will likely be pre-recorded videos for next week's pod, at least a couple of them. But yep. Should be fun. Uh, hope to hope to see y'all in the YouTube comments on those ones, even if they're not live. But on that note, we are going to get out of here for the day. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Uh, we appreciate all y'all so very much. More prospect talk the rest of the week. Uh, after that, it's, it's, it's August, so who knows. But we'll see you there. And until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>